Welcome to the Gentle Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Donegan. I'm a midwife, mom, and founder of Gentle Birth. Join me each week to hear inspiring, uplifting birth stories, learn helpful tips, and get advice from parents and professionals supporting you on your journey to parenthood. Your positive birth begins here. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Gentle Birth Podcast. In this episode, we're meeting Kat Roberts, who has chosen to become a surrogate for a family who are planning their family. So I wanted to really just just have a chat with Kat and understand how someone comes to this decision, how difficult it was, all the ins and outs of what it takes to become a surrogate. Kat, you're very welcome to the show. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, Tracy. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to share my experience with all of you. So to start off, I'm a mother of four. So our family is nice and complete. We're very happy with our four lovely children. And we definitely didn't want to have more of our own. But I had a kind of desire to be pregnant again and didn't think that anything would ever come of that. So that's kind of what started everything on this surrogacy journey and why I'm here. So I have to ask you then, so you, with having four kids already, the idea of going through labor doesn't bother you then, no? No, I mean, I know it's it's an, uh, a journey and it can be challenging. I've had four very different uh, childbirth experiences with each of my kids, but I quite enjoyed pregnancy. I was, um, you know, one of those women that didn't really have any issues or complications besides the, uh, you know, backache here or there or sore feet kind of thing. Sure. Um, so I was blessed with easy pregnancies. The labors were challenging for sure. Like I, uh, I remember thinking, oh, it'll get easier with each each uh, uh, baby, but um, all of them seem to be kind of long. And so, um, but I'm okay with that because I found gentle birth. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been it's been a really awesome. Uh, different experience and I'm, I'm sure you, you have a question about that so we can jump into that later. So you, you explained that you enjoy you've enjoyed pregnancy and you weren't interested in adding to your family so was there I guess a moment in time where you thought yeah this really makes sense had you spoken to other women who had gone through this process what was kind of what kind of sealed the deal for you to make such a huge decision? Yes, yes. So it definitely was a process. It wasn't something that I just woke up one day and said, I'm going to be a surrogate. So I I know of two women um, acquaintances that, that were surrogates for families. And at the time of their journeys, I thought, oh, that's just such an amazing thing. But I didn't think at the time that it was right for me because I wasn't at that point in my life. You know, I just had had my third and still wanted more of more, uh, we wanted to have one more of our own. But last year I met a, the owner of a, of an egg donation and surrogacy, uh, agency. And he introduced me to the idea again. And, uh, and at that point it seemed to fit better because I was definitely done having my own kids. I was kind of having that almost biological kind of urge to have another baby but I definitely knew that we didn't want one of our own and so when I met him it was kind of very timely timing because he said well you know have you ever thought of being a surrogate and 
I was going through a little bit of some health challenges at the time. So when he initially asked me, I said, no, but you know, the idea definitely does appeal to me. And so when I got better, um, I re- he reached out again and, and I was more receptive then. And he uh, set me up with some profiles of families. And yeah, it kind of unfolded from there. We We picked, you know, you have to kind of see who who's a good match. Do you select them? They select you? Tell me more about that. The agency kind of has, uh, you know, files that they're looking for people to, to match. And so based on my, I guess, my background and, and my health history and everything like that, they pick people who you think um, you would like and, and they give my profile to people who, you know, the agency thinks they would be receptive to. So the, I actually ended up getting, I think two or three profiles. And, um, so it wasn't overwhelming, right? It wasn't this huge choice because all of the stories are amazing and and you want to help everybody, but you kind of have to just pick one. So this, the one particular uh, family that I chose, the story really resonated with me. We both, um, come from a similar, um, ethnic background. Like I'm And we're both into kind of similar interests, uh, you know, yoga and meditation and all that stuff. The thing that really appealed to me was that, oh, I I forgot to mention that it is a, it's, I'm having this baby for a single dad. So that was another thing that was really important to me is to help somebody that is kind of already a little bit marginalized in a way. Um, not your typical, you know, standard kind of family, because I find these families have a harder time finding people to support them. So I wanted it to kind of be worthwhile in that way. One of the big things that he wanted was to find a surrogate who was willing to like to develop a relationship with in the sense that he's not just interested in having the baby and then never keeping in touch again. All right. I was actually going to, that was one of my questions I was going to ask you. (laughs) So that was really important for me is because as much as I know this baby isn't mine, I'm not attached to it in the same way that I was to my babies when I was pregnant with them. I still care about them and I want to kind of keep in touch, you know, get a picture a couple of times a year, even just to see how they're growing and how they're doing. So that was important to me to kind of have somebody who was willing to devote the time and, and energy to building a, a like a friendship, a relationship. Yeah. Yeah, so that's been working out really well. It's getting more fascinating by the moment. <laughs> yeah. And you've met the intended parent? Met yes. So initially it was all over Skype and, and phone calls. And then in when I was around t- almost 18 weeks, he came to visit me here where I live and spent a week and a half here. So we really got a chance to really chat and get to know each other more and share, you know, he shared with me kind of his his plans and, and what he's envisioning for for his, you know, new fatherhood stage. And he asked me a lot of advice too, which was, you know, I, I'd never want to impose what I did with my kids, but he sure. seemed to be receptive. So he did ask me a lot of advice about, you know, certain topics of raising a uh, or having a newborn and raising mm. a, a kid. So that was fun. We we had some good bonding moments and he met my family, which was also important for me and, and him. He wanted to as well. Yeah. So the plan is that now, and we still stay in touch. We, we send each other messages throughout the day. Uh, 
I think there's not been a day yet that we haven't communicated, right. um, even just to say, hi, how are you today? I can imagine it's really difficult to have your baby inside, you know, the womb of a woman that's like miles and miles away because he's, he's not local to where I am. So I try to empathize with that and and keep him as updated as possible on you know, the baby moved uh, a lot today and or, or new milestones and things like that. Like I can see the baby moving now from the outside and we can see, you know, the little right. kicks and stuff. Uh, the plan is that he will come about two weeks before the due date or around there, like one and a half to two weeks before the due date and the, and hopefully be here for the birth. And if the little baby decides to come before that, then he'll just have to come as, as quick as he can. <laughs> and is he planning on being at the birth or is that something that you've discussed yet? Yes. So one of the things that I really liked about the process of uh, through the agency was that we had to have, it was a quite a long phone call. I think it was like almost two hours. It was facilitated by the agency director. And so it was kind of like a question and answer period. And one of the things was, what do you envision for childbirth if you're if you already know? And one one of my things from even before we agreed to to do this together was that I know myself in labor and I know that I wasn't gonna feel comfortable with him in the room for the the first stage of labor, that I need complete kind of calm and, and privacy. And being a new dad, his first baby, I know that he's going to be excited and nervous and maybe a little bit anxious. Yeah. And it's important for me not to have any of that stress right there in the room. So he completely understood and he will be kind of waiting in the sidelines. And if it uh, if everything goes smoothly and everything goes well and it ends up being like a normal physiological vaginal delivery, then he can come in um, as the baby, you know, when the baby's going to be born for the for that second stage and see the baby be born. I think that would be important. But yeah, I mean, if it ends up going another way, then we can adapt. But um, that's the plan for now. And I have um, my support set up so that I'm laboring as smoothly and, and gently and calmly as as possible. So my mind is already jumping <laughs> to a million different questions about and please tell you can tell me to mind my own business at any point but I curious minds want to know after the baby's been born is it the standard then do you do skin to skin will the baby be will you feed the baby what what's or, or have, has yes. this, have you even talked about this part of it this yeah these are really good questions we have talked about it so I feel we've we've had really good communication and brought up a whole bunch of those topics. So he really wants me to, in some way, whether it's direct uh, nursing or by pumping, he really wants the baby to have breast milk. So I'm willing to do that. I'm, I'm very actually very happy to do that. So I will be pumping and or feeding the baby for the duration of the time that they have to stay here for all the paperwork and, and legal uh, documents to be arranged and signed because they're they're going back to another country mm. that they need to wait for a passport so that's going to take a few weeks sure. and so they're going to be settled here spending some time in the same city that I'm in so um I will be able to provide breast milk to the baby for that time which is great fantastic and yeah and I think that's you know it's it's really special that he's open to that and he, and that he wants that for the baby as well because I had thought about it and I thought well I'll probably pump anyways even if they don't want the milk because it will help my recovery and uh even if it's just for uh, a few weeks or even just a couple of weeks but 
we will see how that how that unfolds. So knowing what I know, um, I guess I didn't say in my intro that I'm a birth doula and a childbirth educator. So my background leads me to know a lot of information about all of this. So knowing what I know, I broached the topic with him about immediately after birth, what his kind of expectations were. And I said to him, you know, I understand this is your baby and um, I want you to have a bond with with the baby from the get-go, but physiologically and for my own well-being and health, it would help if I could have the baby skin to skin to help reduce postpartum bleeding and to help stimulate the milk production. And he was very open to that. He said, absolutely, I, I completely understand. So he said, I'm okay with that. So that's the plan is that he will be in the room and whether it's immediately or soon after he gets to hold the baby first, the baby will be skin to skin with me to kind of help that physiological process. Fabulous. And then are there any areas that you haven't agreed on and and how have you worked through those or are you still working through them? Well, so far, I mean, I know there's probably still a lot that may unfold, but so far we have not had any um, kind of disagreements or difference of opinions. He seems to be very kind of open and flexible. So I think that if something were to come up that we seem to disagree on, I think that it would be, we're both kind of of the same mind that we'd made, make it work and that the priority is to make sure that everyone is as stress-free and, and calm as possible. So yeah. I, I don't imagine any serious disagreements coming up. And of course, I, I've known from the, from the very beginning that this is not my, my child. So if I have my own opinion about something that is kind of out of my control, then I just have to step back and, and let them, you know, it's, it's, this is their family. So I'm not going to kind of stick my nose where it doesn't belong. (laughs) And I guess the logistics about becoming pregnant. Yeah. So, so tell me a little bit, did you have to take drugs and go through IVF and how did that whole process work? Yes. So that was quite the journey. It was exactly like you said, it was an IVF process, not, not the egg retrieval. I, I, it's not, and it's not my egg. So he had an egg donor different women who who donated her eggs with, to him. So the the clinic made the embryos with the egg donor's egg and his sperm. And then once that was all kind of said and done, they were frozen. When we were matched, they, we set a, a cycle start date. And so it was very, very controlled right from the beginning. So I started estrogen and was on that for a few weeks. Then they checked my lining to make sure it was thick enough for the embryo transfer. And once that was all good, then I started the progesterone and then stayed on the progesterone right through the embryo transfer procedure up until I completed 11 weeks. So pretty much for almost the entire third trimester, or sorry, first trimester. So there was a lot of, there was a lot of hormones involved and I thought I knew what morning sickness was, but this was way more intense. And I think it's it was probably highly due to the uh, all the extra hormones that sure. were kind of in my body. But I can tell you, I was very happy when when I could stop those hormones. Who covers the cost of everything? So I was because I, I know there's like different countries have different laws around surrogacy and yes, yeah. So how and you're in Canada, so so how does it work in Canada? Yes. So Canada is one of the countries that it's illegal to pay 
surrogates money, like straight up, to have uh, your baby. So the way that it works is surrogates are entitled to receive pregnancy-related or journey-related reimbursements for any expenses that they accrue. And all this is kind of done up with a very thorough legal agreement. And there's very specific rules and guidelines of what is considered a pregnancy or or journey-related expense. The cost is covered by the intended parents, and there's a a cap limit per month on, on those expenses. So for the medications and all that stuff, that obviously was was covered as well by the intended parents and any because I had to travel to um, to another province in Canada to the clinic. So all those travel expenses were also covered by the, the family. And then they cover like if I want to have a doula for the birth or if I if I need um, some postpartum support after in my agreement, there is a, you know, a certain allotment for that as well. So it's a pretty thorough legal agreement with, it's very, I think it's very smartly done. And I think it's, uh, it seems to cover everything that might come up during a pregnancy. Like there's a clause in there if you're on bed rest and and everything like that. Mm. Did that answer your question? Was that? Yeah, no, that's really helpful because I'm, I'm, I'm coming up with all, all the extra questions that I know our listeners will have as well. Have you ever felt uncertain about your decision or kind of second-guessed yourself? No, I can say for, for, for certain that there's, there hasn't been like a moment of regret or, or hesitation because I was already pretty sure by the time I was ready to say yes and sign things, I had already gone through all of that, you know, like, is this really what I want to do? What are the considerations? Like, I really, really thought it through. And I and I made sure to go to all my medical providers, like my doctors and everything like that, to make sure that they didn't have any big, obvious red flags that they might be concerned about. There's a very thorough screening process at the fertility clinic as well. So they want to make sure that um, women who are wanting to be surrogates pass that as well. So everything was was good and set up. The only time when I felt a little bit not uncertain, but just I, it kind of the reality of it hit me. It was like, oh wow, I really am doing this. There's really no no turning back now. Was when I had a little bit of um, a hiccup on early on in the first trimester. I started to have some very heavy red bleeding, mm. and the reality of the thought was, am I losing this pregnancy? And I realized that uh, that I would be sad. Like it's not something that, um, like at that moment when it could, it was kind of like a fork in the road, like it could either end or continue. I realized, oh wow, this is a big deal. Like, you know, not that I didn't realize before, but it was just one of those moments where it really hit me. So that was really the only time when, when I guess I, I I had that moment of like, whoa, yeah, this is, this is, this is big. Yeah. I mean, I knew it was big, but that's when it kind of really hit me. Thankfully, everything ended up being fine. And, and I'm 26 weeks actually today. So the feelings that you had when you thought you could be losing this pregnancy, do you, knowing kind of what you know as a gentle birth instructor and about prenatal bonding, do you feel like you've really bonded with this baby and are connected with this baby? Yes, I think in our own unique way, 
where we've definitely built a bond. And it's not just as a little kind of tangent. I have a good friend of mine who is pregnant with, with her third right now. And we're, we're pretty much on par in how many weeks we are. She's a couple weeks um, behind me. But she, I can see how her pregnancy is all about the excitement of can't wait to meet you and, um, you know, they're so excited to be adding to their family and, um, you know, she gets very emotional and, and, and cries happy tears every time she looks at the ultrasound picture. Like she's just very, very attached to her baby. Um, you know, I'm feeling um, none of that. And I don't think it's a bad thing because it's not my baby. But what I am feeling is this immense excitement for the family. Like I'm mm. just really excited for them. And, and whenever, you know, I've had an ultrasound, I make sure to get a picture and I send it to them. Whenever the baby moves, I think, oh my goodness, you're, you're just so cute. You know, like I I have this, this special bond with the baby, but it's very different than if it was my own. Yeah. And I think that's healthy. I have to have a sense of, of knowing that and, uh, and keeping that sort of boundary because the reality is I'm not taking this baby home. So I need to, um, yeah, it's not that I need to keep reminding myself that I know that already, but I think it's healthy, healthy to, to not get so attached. But I also know how important it is to make sure that during the pregnancy, the baby is kind of bathed in, in good hormones and, and happy, you know, happy, loving environment. So I'm definitely doing that for for the baby and you mentioned I think you asked me about gentle birth and I, and I am doing the program so I listen to the tracks once or sometimes more and when I was going through the the little kind of challenge there with the bleeding and being on I was on bed rest for a few days because they didn't know if it was the placenta or what was going on so while I was waiting for the ultrasound to to check that out I listened to pretty much every track that I could get my hands on all day. So it really has been amazing to keep me relaxed and calm. And not once did I ever have fear. Like I I thought about it like, wow, this is this is pretty big. Like, you know, it could go either way at this point. But I never once felt panic or fear or or kind of not knowing that I, I had a knowing that however it went, it, it would be okay and that whatever emotions came up. I would be able to to get through them. Yeah. How is your family reacting now that it's becoming so much more real and you have a bump and, and they can feel the baby kick? How, how are your other yeah. kids feeling about what's ahead? So they they have been fantastic. I, I wasn't sure what to expect, really. Um, I gave them lots of space. I didn't um, ever tell them that they had to feel a certain way or anything like that. But I mean, they've obviously known from even before I became pregnant that that I was doing this. I told them from the beginning and their ages are 12, 9, 7 and 4. So the three older ones understand what's going on. They know that mommy's pregnant, that it's not our baby, that it's not their sibling. And they they know that the baby will be going to their family when when it's born. And the little one, I think, has no clue. (laughs) I think he he's uh he's a very perceptive little boy but he he just says yeah it's a baby but every time he comments on it I say yes it's a baby but remember that it's not our baby We're, it, the baby's not going to live with us and he says oh yes yes like mm-hmm. <laughs> that's pretty much his his answer 
I think he's okay with it. I think he would not like to be um, bumped out of uh, the baby status in the family. (laughs) So he seems okay. Now, as things unfold, things are getting definitely real. The kids are very curious about you know, my belly and, and they can feel the baby. So they, they do ask sometimes if they can put their hands on and feel the baby moving around. But I think they know, they know they, they're not supposed to get too attached to it. Like they know that. And I don't see them behaving the way they did when I was pregnant with their siblings. Like, so yeah, it's been, it's been different for them too, but they're supportive and, and I think they're handling it well. We'll see how how it how it all kind of unfolds at the end. And have you found yourself, you know, as most expectant uh, moms do, with with people putting their hands on the bump and you know, inquiring minds asking about all kinds of baby related. How do you how do you feel yeah. those questions? That's been kind of the, I think the most interesting part of this all because with my family, they've they've known right from the beginning, so it wasn't a surprise, but. I kept it very private until it was kind of obvious that I was pregnant. So people have been giving me all sorts of different reactions. And a lot of them, of course, assume that I'm pregnant again with, you know, my child. So they say, oh, my gosh, congratulations, you're having another one. And I'll say, oh, thank you. It's actually not mine. I'm doing a surrogacy journey. And so that kind of triggers a whole bunch of other questions. And so mostly I've just been having conversations with people. Very, very few people have tried to touch the belly or, you know, give me advice and that kind of thing that I remember happening with um, with my pregnancies. Yeah, it's it's been interesting, the different reactions and the different questions that I've had to answer from people. And how did your partner react when this whole discussion started? My husband is amazing and and he's always been supportive of anything I've ever done, including this. And the only thing that was, and I'm laughing because it was kind of funny, but he said, I have to be honest, this is very weird (laughs) to me. (laughs) But if you want to go ahead, of course, you know, I'm I'm on board and and I'm there for you no matter what you need. But um, he did find it a little, I guess in his words, a little weird. (laughs) And I think it was, it was just partly logistics like he's a very logical kind of guy and he likes to to plan things and and know exactly how things will go so there this was just such a big unknown right we'd never done this before we he didn't really know anybody that has done this so in that regard it it felt a little foreign to him but now that it's we're more than halfway through he has been amazing and uh, he rubs my back and my feet whenever I'm achy and support has been supporting me exactly the same as, as when I was uh, pregnant with our children. Now, the whole kind of childbirth part, mm. uh, we, we've talked about that uh, a few times and I kind of feel, I've been feeling that um, I'm going to be okay if he's not there. So I've told him that I'm going to try that. Like I'm going to go and and labor and and do my thing at home as long as I can and then go to the hospital with my midwife and my doula. But I said, I need you to have your phone on that day because if I call you because I need you, will you come? And he said, oh, absolutely. (laughs) So I might need him because sometimes, you know, it would be if, if it was more of an emotional support thing. The physical support, you know, I can get from 
from my other support people, but it's more the emotional yeah. support. Yeah. You mentioned earlier on about at this point in the pregnancy, there's no turning back. So do you, do you ever wonder that after the baby is born that you have a connection and you change your mind or what 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 happens in that circumstance is is the the intended dad is he adopting the baby or right um yeah so i think hell would have to freeze over if for me to ever want to bring this baby home (laughs) i really am actually looking forward to having a baby and then going home and not having to look after a newborn (laughs) that's going to be quite interesting and i'm i'm I've talked to other doulas that I've met from the same agency that I'm with, and they said that that was amazing. Like they went home and they were able to sleep. And uh, it was just so different than when they had their kids. But in, uh, you know, all jokes aside, legally, it would be a nightmare for me to refuse to, you know, um, to use a very strong word, relinquish the child. It would be, you know, I would get sued and uh, they, they would just be uh, like a very big deal. Yeah. Um, because while I will be the mother, I'm not technically genetically linked to the baby at all. Mm. And I've signed a legal document. So it would just, uh, yeah, it's not uh, something smart to do. But you know, having said that, I can't even imagine uh, wanting to even do that. It is an adoption. So in Canada, the way it works is it, it's all done through, like I give the baby up for adoption. And in, you know, this is like the legal language around it. My name will be on the birth certificate, but they go through the legal process of having that changed over to the intended parents. And then all that takes time. But once that's all said and done, the baby is legally the intended parent's child and I am no longer anywhere on any forms or anything like that or certificates. Yeah. And then you did mention that if uh, that the, the plan and one of the reasons why you, you kind of you linked up with with this particular intended parent is that there will be there will be a relationship there. So do you anticipate that the child will know you or or is that something that you're still <clears throat> figuring out? Yeah, so I know, you know, I know sometimes things change and nothing really ever happens as exactly as you you think it will. So I understand that down the road the family might change their mind and and not want to keep in touch with me. But as it stands right now, we have made kind of like a verbal agreement, I guess, that we will stay in touch and that we will, if we can visit, that we will. He's he's invited us to go and visit them. So, you know, there's plans in place, whether it pans out or not, time will tell. But uh, I think, yeah, I think it, I think it's going to work out and um, it would be nice to even just get a, a picture here and there. I would be happy with that. Yeah. It doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be this intense daily communication or even um, it, this, this relationship where we have to talk all the time and that kind of thing. I did mention to, to him that if ever the, the baby or, or child, once they're older, they want to meet me, that I'm more than happy to do that but that there is absolutely no pressure whatsoever for for that. He did tell me that the father did tell me that he thinks it's important that the baby knows where he's come from. So the whole journey, he's going to tell him, you know, that he was the whole journey that, you know, there, there was an egg and the sperm and then there was a, a woman who was willing to to 
be pregnant and all that stuff. So he's going to, you know, I don't know what age that will happen at, but the, the, that's his plan to keep his, his child um, uh, informed, you know, or, or, or let them know the whole story. Fantastic. Kat, thank you so much for coming on today and telling us all about your journey. And I would love to talk to you again in a couple of months' time when, when you're settled and not doing newborn things, three o'clock yes. in the morning, which will be a very different experience. So I'm looking forward to hearing how that all works. But do you want to just tell us a little bit about the classes that you're offering and where you are and a little bit about where our listeners can find you for your classes as well? Sure. Yeah. Thanks for, for, thanks for the chat today. Um, and in terms of my childbirth classes, I became an instructor, I guess like a year ago now. Hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Time flies. And I teach out of a little, uh, beautiful space downtown here where I live. I'm in Fredericton, New Brunswick in Canada. So I offer classes and VBAC classes you can find me through the Gentle Birth website, but I also have my own website, which is catroberts.com, and that's cat with a K, K-A-T, roberts.com. But yeah, if um, I just, I really want to thank you, Tracy, for this amazing program. I think that more and more people definitely are learning about it in, in the UK and in the States, but Canada is kind of, it's new to here, and so I think I taught a class this this weekend, this past weekend, and people were just, they left in kind of, I could tell they were just like, wow, yeah. <laughs> when they left because they they had not put all the pieces together. Like they knew about meditation and they knew about mindfulness and, and the benefits of, of that kind of thing, but they hadn't put it all together with, with birth and parenting and all that stuff. So it's such an amazing program. And being an instructor first and now getting to do a journey, a pregnancy journey with the program. What a difference. I mean, I remember being a nervous wreck with my first two, definitely my first two. And even some moments with my third and fourth where you get down that emotional anxiety vortex and you just, it's so hard to get out. The mind is racing, the stress goes up. And I can honestly say that has not happened once this pregnancy, even with all the kind of challenges that, that have, you know, with the all day sickness and the bleeding and the bed rest and all that stuff, it really works and it's amazing. So I'm very happy to be able to uh, teach these classes and and also to use the program for myself. And you'll you'll definitely have a very unique birth experience and birth story to to come back and share with us. Yeah, I mean, I you know how you always say like parents, gentle birth parents are excited for labor. Yeah, I I already feel that way. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's I still have too many weeks left. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, I am definitely excited. And I know, um, I mean, we could do a whole other podcast on my kind of obstetrics history, but with my, I've had a, such a mixed bag. I've had a premature birth, I've had two cesareans, and then I've had a, a vaginal birth after two cesareans. So um, with everything that I've got going on, every time that I meet a new, because um, the, the way that it works here, I'm under midwifery care, but because of my history, they've had to consult out to obstetrics. And so I'm, I'm doing shared care with an obstetrician and the midwives. And every time that I, I feel like they, they can't quite figure me out. It's like, now, why does she want, cause I, I've told them that my goal is to have, 
you know, another vaginal birth for the benefits of having an easier recovery and not needing to have surgery. Um, obviously, that would be ideal, but that I'm open and and I know that if I need to have a cesarean, that that's, yeah. you know, how it will go and that will be fine. But yeah, I'm definitely excited to see how it all unfolds and um, and to be able to use my, like the knowledge that I know now and that confidence that I have now to advocate for myself. Yeah, it will be interesting. So we'll definitely have to do a part two. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you again, Kat. Uh, I wish you every positive birth vibe that I can send your way, that this is a really wonderful experience for you and hopefully a wonderful experience for the intended dad as well. And, and the rest of your pregnancy is healthy and happy. Thank you so much, Tracy. I appreciate it. 